Talk. <laughs> Talk. This is crazy. It sounds, yeah, it sounds okay. Dude, you're fifth strongest chick in the world. I mean, for now. Yeah, next you're going to be first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Or you might be the first pro powerlifter on the podcast. Heck yeah. I think I am. Are you rich yet? Not yet. Haven't made a cent. That's crazy. <laughs> what kind of professional life is that? I know. I have no idea. My mom keeps asking, like, oh, you keep doing this and that. Are you making money yet? Yeah, where's the big check? Like, Are mom, you Tiger Woods yet? Yeah, I'm fifth. So did you make any money? Are you sponsored now? I asked her to sponsor my nationals meet. Your mom? Mm-hmm. What'd she say? She said she gave me some money. Oh, that's good. <laughs> the mom sponsorship. That's the best kind. Yeah. Momstership. Kind of. Mm-hmm. You go like PGA tour and there's like 100 people in a weekend tournament. You get last. You get like 50K. 50K. For last. That's not bad. No, it's amazing. And there's I, a tournament I, every fucking weekend. I would humiliate myself for 50 grand. Yeah. I mean, you got to get yourself in the league, but once you're there. I'm trying to get into that. Yeah, why didn't you golf? 50 You chose grand. a shitty sport. I know. We all did. Yeah, golf is where the excitement is at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Dude, visually, they're about tied, right? Ain't no party like a golf party because mm-hmm. a golf part, party don't stop. I'm not watching think. either of those sports on TV. Uh, golf? Or powerlifting. Or powerlifting. No way. Yeah, I mean, I say that and I do watch powerlifting streams. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't watch them as often as you do. No, I watch every big one. I don't. Yeah, know. every big CrossFit thing, every big weightlifting thing. CrossFit. Yeah, I haven't watched any of them. Have you seen my muscle ups? No. They're pretty good. You should. You should do a CrossFit video. I could. I would. Yeah. We you used to work bike? with a lot of CrossFitters. Mm-hmm. I'll do one. I do half the workouts though. I just don't want to do. Like, who wants to overhead squat 100 times? At all. Ever. Yeah. No, not once. Yeah. One time. As fast as possible. Yeah, who wants yeah. to do it one time? Mm-hmm. Why? That's the thing that used to actually drive me crazy about CrossFit is that, like, they didn't do things as quickly as they could. I don't know. Maybe they do now. But, like, there's a lot of, like, break taken, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it depends on how the workout was prescribed. Yeah. Right? Because if you have 100, they're just the veterans are going to. Dose them out in ten. You gotta pass. Yeah, yeah. You gotta. I mean, yeah. you gotta not kill yourself. Yeah, but at the same die. time. Yeah, you'll die. Same but time. Visually, doesn't make it all that exciting. So uh, I'm Jim. That's Mike, and we have Avi with us. Are we live? Are Hello. we live? In We're live and live. We're live. We have the fifth place podium. Are you blushing? Yeah. Fifth place podium. Good company. Third Street Barbell Lifter. Avelia, what's the last name? Lou. Oh, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Avi? Yep. But you said some people say Avi? Yep. Are they both okay? They're both okay, Good. yeah. But it's Avelia. Avelia. Mm-hmm. So then it would be Avi. Av- it'd be Avi. Avi. <laughs> With a U. <laughs> yeah. No. It's it's whatever. I'll, I'll take anything. You're not insulted? No. I like when people use my um, IG handle, like that nickname, because that means like, oh, they know me. What's your, something. what's that? Avi. Avi. <laughs> no, not Avi. Let's scratch that. <laughs> <laughs> you put it to the world. Avi or Avi is yeah. your Instagram, right? Yes. Just yes. plug it now. I know you want the followers. Go ahead and oh. steal our people. I mean, if they don't know me already. It's no, you're stronger. <laughs> you're stronger than me. You deserve the followers. Go ahead. It's Avi dot. L-I-E-U. It's my L-I-E-U. last name. E-U. Oh. It's a little more complicated last name. Yeah. But it's just Lou. Mm-hmm. All right. How long have you been powerlifting? Um, five, six years. Yeah. So since I was a senior in high school, so around 2017. In high school? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I could probably count on one hand the amount of people we've met that actually powerlifted in high school. Oh, yeah. Particularly ones that, that didn't grow up in Texas. Yeah, Texas is the only spot, right? Yeah. How did you even find powerlifting here? In, like Northern California, which is what we're going to have meetings about and we had meetings about for the last six months we're going to have even more with Avi and us is that there's not a lot of despite the amount of fitness and fitness YouTube and maybe influence or I don't know what the best word would be of powerlifting and strength training and CrossFit and barbells in Northern California mm-hmm. powerlifting is not very big in Northern California well there's certainly not a lot of meats there's no meats mm-hmm. yeah there's like very few gyms per capita, I'd imagine. Again, comparing it to a Texas or an Ohio yeah. or a CrossFits are obviously waning just by the business. But how did you find it 
Yeah, because like we're looking at schedules. There's no powerlifting meets around here. Well, I guess I got more into strength training at first, and I always just started to lift for strength. Like it was never about aesthetics. And you didn't want to be a bodybuilder. No, because I didn't want to be focused on how I looked. Yeah. Because then every day you'd just be disappointed. Aww. As sad as it is. That's me, that's me every day already, though. <laughs> I'm not yeah. a bodybuilder and I'm still disappointed. But I was like, I'm fairly strong, right? So I'm like, How'd you know see. that? Did you just punk kids in kindergarten? No, I was working out with a friend at 24 Hour. And Why are you plugging our competitor? Sorry. At a commercial gym. <laughs> Thank you. And um, I would just do the exercises or the workouts that he did. And they would tell me. Like, oh, yeah. you are pretty strong. You're like, just using weights that they're like, oh, that's a little weird for how small you are. Yeah. Because you're not very big. Yeah. So I was like, oh, cool. Like, I want to see how strong I can get. So from there, it was just like about putting weights on the bar. How did they even find it? Or they were just like football players, baseball players yeah. kind of lifted? I think they kind of were just some gym bros. Yeah. And now like I definitely took it way further than they did. Mm. You know, they kind of just, they still train, I think. But... um you know, none of them are competing in powerlifting. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder why that, because I'm kind of the same. Like all my homies lifted growing up and they, they played some basketball or whatever. And, and I have a couple friends um, that still are really into like training, you know, they bench and they squat, they kind of whatever. But to take it to the next level, something's got to be like uh, like a personality, probably disorder um, for all of us to want to do it. Because I feel like groups don't do it. Oh, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, it's always, like, groups kind of, you know, we'll do some biceps together or we'll go, like, mm-hmm. s- swim or hang out or play basketball together. But then there's always, like, just one person from the group. It's not the whole group's, like, let's power lift. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, even look at, like, Seabass, right? And him and his brother do it. But, like, all his homies, they just kind of train or, yeah. they, you know what I mean? And then they, the groups form as individuals come together. Yeah. yeah. Then you yeah. meet new meatheads. Mm-hmm. What, what, why do you think that is that you're like, all right, I like training all right, I'm going to go all in on this because you work as a fitness professional mm-hmm. and you've competed a handful of times now. Again, joking aside, most recently had a huge performance at, at USAPL Nationals, Mega Nationals, uh, where you podiumed at the fifth spot. And each meet, your prog- progress is insane. Um, and we've all seen you in here working your tail off in here for five-hour marathon sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, not missing days, not missing reps. Not you know. Why do you think you're like that and some of your homies just kind of train some biceps. Or, or anyone out there just kind of train some biceps. That's a great question. This I is my job. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And the thing is, it's like, I I have like, what is that? Um, I talk about it a lot, imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So it's like, I don't even really know how good I am at the sport. Yeah. You know? Even though I have like the pro card and the fifth. Yeah, what the hell is a pro card? Um, you have to like, I don't know the exact qualifications, but um, I got it, I think, because I placed fifth. And then I also had above a 475 dot score. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. I heard it's like top three podiums and then a certain percentage of people's top dots. Or mm-hmm. is it Wilkes now? Dots five? It's dots, dots 12? Yeah. It's dots two, I think. Dots two. Yeah. yeah. So my dots was 507. Flex I'm, on them. Yeah, I'm glad I broke five. I'm going to see what my dots is. <sighs> just yep. to compare it so people know how much stronger you are than me. Dots to calculator. Yeah, so why do you think, though? Like, did you play sports and you took that to the next level? Because that's my excuse. Mm-hmm. Like, all my homies play basketball and stuff, but I'm the one in my backyard in the summer playing in 100-degree weather for three hours. They weren't doing that. They kind of played basketball. And they, a lot of them are very talented and very good athletes. But, like, I'm mm-hmm. the one going fucking crazy. I'm the one that got my dad to give me a strength coach in seventh grade to play basketball. So then for me to go from kind of doing biceps to now deadlifting my face off, you know, like, it makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I, I, don't, I don't like to suck at shit, mm-hmm. you know? So as soon as I semi-like something, I want to do pretty good at it. You know, designing clothes. Like, I've liked clothes my whole life. As soon as we started dropping the apparel company, I'm reading blogs and listening to audiobooks. And, you know what I mean? I just don't want to suck. I don't want to embarrass myself. That's my reason, I think, why I go harder than others. And and I'm, like, slightly above averagely talented. Like, I'm, I'm not a freak athlete. I'm a good athlete. I'm not going to lie and say, oh, anyone can, you know. Mm-hmm. I squat a 500 in, like, two years of training. Yeah. Like, th- that's not normal. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not a freak where some guys are squatting 500 on their first day. Right. You know what I mean? I'm glad you said that because, like, you say that 
your personality is like, I don't want to suck at it. Yeah. And of course, I don't want to suck at it either. But like, I don't have that. I'm not like, or maybe I do. Okay, one thing that pushes me a lot. Did you tell me you're a bad student? Who said that? No, do, do I come off as no, a bad student? I, I had a conversation recently with someone who I didn't, oh, maybe it was Eddie. Someone recently um, told me they were a bad student who I wouldn't expect. Mm. Kyle too. Kyle's like, yeah, I just didn't show up to class. I'm like, dude. <laughs> no, I was a try hard for sure. Oh, okay. In school. Yeah. I was do you know the- where the term try hard comes? Mm-mm. I think gaming. Oh. I think it's gaming. I could see that. My well, bad. I was a try hard in school. So like I tried really hard to like do average basically. Yeah. But um, no, I did a lot of research on form and technique. That's something that's like, even now I'm a personal trainer. That's one of the things that the other like trainers know me for is just always talking about form and technique. Where'd you learn some of that? If you're bro, if you're just training with the broskies. Mm. Um, mostly social media. Like I'll look stuff up on YouTube. I'll have, I used to have in my notes app, a bunch of cues that I would need to focus on. Cause there's when you first start, there's like so many Yeah. and I'm like, okay, I need to focus on, it gets convoluted real quick. Um, but over time, like I'm, I just wanted to practice the efficiency of each lift and try different things um, and just like kind of perfect it. So that's, I think I've gone, I've gone them first. I've gotten the furthest with form and technique improvements with my deadlift. So like when I'm watching other people, I like to, and I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on it. Yeah. It's all you do lift really good. Yeah. I try, yeah, you I try. but kind of like um, nitpicking form and technique is one of the things that I really liked about the sport. And it's pretty like powerlifting compared to weightlifting is very 2D. It's up and down. Yeah. So like everything has to be really locked in. And I'm still working on a bunch of stuff. But that's one of the things on top of getting a coach who like can – it has been programming me for a year and a half now. Yeah. How did you even find that? Social media? Friends? Um, my first meet in 2018, he competed there. Um, and we met – just as friends, and then we stayed in touch, and he offered, and then, yeah, the rest is history. Because that's just like a super common question, like, how do I find a coach? How do I know if my coach is good? And kind of like you talked about cues, like, the internet's a beautiful place. You can learn a lot of things, but it also gives a voice to anyone, which is, you know, double-sided coin. Like, you can learn from guys like Eric Helms and literally doctors who study Mm -hmm. lifting weights. Yeah. And learn from the best on the planet. But then you can also listen to Joe Schmo, who doesn't know shit about lifting, and he could have billions of followers because he has a big biceps. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And same with online coaches nowadays, right? Like, there's a million of them. So, like, how how, how do you – and obviously, you're making insane progress. So your coach is doing something correct. Mm-hmm. But, like, otherwise, how, how do you suggest people know if someone's a good coach? I mean, you don't have to, like, mention names or anything who sucks. But even, like, at, at where you work, right? Like – there's probably good coaches and there's probably bad coaches or lesser experienced coaches. Yeah. But coaching's like anything else. What's the stupid? I mean, it's not stupid because it's semi-true, but people say like those those who can't do teach. Uh, yeah. And like that's like kind of true, I guess, when you dig in. But uh, even there, like teachings are, and coaching is a real skill. Yeah. Like some some people just, just can't teach. Being able to lift well or lift heavy or whatever doesn't necessarily make you a good coach. 100%. And then even just like having the knowledge doesn't make you a good coach. No. You know, like because how do you, you know how it, so much of it is psychology? Yeah. Yeah. Who, with, who, with who and when to or apply or it? Yeah. Yeah. And then humans, communication. Right. Do you know how to find a good coach? Or you just got lucky, you think? I really got lucky. <laughs> I honestly really got lucky. He's he's really good at what he does. Um, I think one of the, everyone, every coach has their own style. So, as I've learned, like, because after, I guess, this past year and a half, I've met more people and I've found, like, oh, there's lots of different types of coaching styles. But with my coach, one thing I really like about it is that he's very, he's all about balance. So he's also asking about, like, how's things going out on outside of lifting? Yeah. How's work? So kind of, like, managing or being aware of, like, their work stress as well as not just, like, coach athlete relationship um so that allows for a lot of transparency and a lot of honesty yeah so it it does play a role right like if if you're moving and then you can't eat and you're moving states and you got a divorce and then Mm -hmm. your dog died and then you can't afford your bills or whatever like that's gonna fuck up your lifting no absolutely so he will like listen 
and he'll take it into account and like be very like helpful almost like life coach as well so yeah, that's cool yeah a little well, bit of a mentor mm-hmm. by the way my dots at my last meet was like 450 i beat you no yeah. you smashed me yeah you smashed me <laughs> i, just I had a bum bit. shoulder and you know how things go okay you know? all, right? all right but um just to put it out there because some people think that i have a little bit of strength about me there's levels to this shit especially now like the amount of talent that's coming into powerlifting has that ever been something that motivates you like do you look at records or do you look at the top um you know like you said you pay attention to social media but that was something that i probably was a bad thing that i did in the beginning because i automatically started looking at like records and who's top 20 in all time and shit like that you know what i mean you get into the comparison game and then Mm -hmm. i niched myself to a weight class in my brain that i didn't want to leave etc etc um but for a lot of people that's motivating uh in basketball that was motivating it it didn't hinder me at all but in powerlifting it hindered me a little bit um does any of that get you fired up in the beginning maybe like three years ago i would compare myself to other people and i still do now but um i would compare myself to lifters in my weight class and I would see what the uh, records are. Yeah. And I would get discouraged because uh, of yeah. how far I was. was, And I felt like I'm never going to get, like, how am I ever going to get there? But, like, I've actually at that point had unfollowed some people because I was like. I noticed that. That hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, it hurt. I would see, I would just see these other women and I'm like, dang, I want it to be motivating for me. I want them to inspire me, but whenever I see it, I just feel like I'm not, I'm never going to get there. Like it's so far out of reach. So even now I I find like whenever I do set goals for myself, they're like within reach and people are like, you're all, your lifetime goal is just that much because I don't set my bar too high ever. Yeah. Um, I just want it to be attainable and I'll just be happy then. And once I get there, I'm like, oh, maybe I can push a little further. So I think I have a problem with that. With almost being too humble or modest or in the pocket. yeah yeah moderate goals I don't mm-hmm. know um, I don't know a ton of the uh, we've we've had a couple of, like sports psychologists on the podcast and talked about like goal setting and stuff and I think so much of it's just individual so I, I don't know if there's like a right or a wrong you know like the shoot for the stars land on the moon shit probably works for some people um, but small attainable goals also could be highly motivating to some people I think if you can uh, there's other factors I think if you can um celebrate small wins if you're good at that like smelling the roses mm. etc cetera, etc cetera. um then probably small att- attainable goals will allow you to continue to progress uh i have issues with that I-, I can't really like pat myself on the back for anything like cool so i probably shoot for the moon and just keep fucking shooting <laughs> wait till elon builds me a rocket so i can get up there you know uh but i don't think one's better than the other do you ever give up because yeah i give up every day I wake up in the morning say mike today's the last day how do you how do you stay motivated then i really don't know i think it's that chip on the shoulder we were talking about before i just don't want to suck and i don't want the world to think i suck it's definitely uh some of it's ego driven for sure which probably isn't healthy i wish i had more of an ego well, I'll, that's why we're going to hang out more. I'll build that for you. I'll get you going. We'll balance each other out. Yeah, I'll we'll, humble you. Yeah, we'll fire your ass up. Because, uh, and even you, and, and I don't know how to say this. I don't think it's insulting. But even you, sometimes I could see people um, being discouraged by your progress. Because what you do is um, pretty amazing. Um, what would you hit? Like a 50 kilo total PR? Meet um, to meet in like four months? It was I don't know in kilos. It was 72 pounds, I think. Okay, so 30 In four months. Yeah, yeah. so 30-ish. Uh, seven, and your, what's your weight class? So people know. Um, 56 kilos. Because your voice sounds like you're 300 pounds. But they <laughs> 123. Might, they might want, want more <laughs> context. Now, is, is 123 one that they set back to after the IPF thing? Yeah, 123. Mm-hmm. One, now I know them. Before I couldn't. But yeah. now 123, 132, 145. Yeah. yeah, now I understand the whole world again. Yeah, I, I used to be, it was like 125 and then, so I actually did cut, and then I actually weighed 120, so three pounds under. I know, imagine if you didn't. And you still crushed all your thirds. Yeah, I, that's why I feel like it's just, I feel like I had more that I wanted, sure. I wanted to put more up there. But I'm really happy with the nine for nine, 27 for 27. I've never yeah. done that oh, really? at yeah. any local meet. That's a, uh, 
a hot topic for nerdy powerlifters. Like if you should yeah. go nine for nine or not. Like some some coaches are like yeah you have to because you know smooth and it feels good and then some people are like oh well, then you're being a pussy. Uh, often it's a competitive environment situation where you're yeah. trying mm-hmm. if you're trying to to podium or whatever you're trying to win, then you're you're sometimes better off yeah. one direction and sometimes or like better skipping, off the other or skipping and, lifts. Yeah, and that's that's why like having an on-site coach or even somebody who's just running the numbers um, will, will help. They, they help make you help make the decision kind of for you. Like, I mean, the final decision is typically yours, but you you just don't know. And it it just, the the more pressure you're under, the less likely you are to to actually be able to do the the math yourself. Yeah. Like you even said, you didn't even know your attempts, right? I didn't. Yeah. There's a lot of lifters that are kind of like that. Yeah. I went blind. Like I did that in January, did it again um, for nationals. And I want to be able to get to a point where I can know my attempts. But you, I mean, you choose your weights in training and you still smash them. I do, but I also take small jumps, as you know. Yeah, tire your little. Yeah, you fucking like hit like four PRs on an RPE eight day or something stupid, taking like a two pound a fly jump. jump. Yeah, <laughs> yes, to put a caterpillar on one side. I know. I'm trying to get myself to stop being so comfortable with those micro plates. Yeah, I'm like stay away from those. I mean, it is it is a percentage thing, you know, but you're strong. Right, like if you if you bench sixty pounds, taking a ten pound jump is pretty fucking insane, mm-hmm. right? But you're benching high one hundreds. Would you bench one eighty one, one eighty something? Um, one ninety five in training. I think it's one eighty seven. Yeah. In, in you know, then a ten pound jump isn't as that's five percent. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little no more normal. Yeah, some of it's mental, and then, and when we talk about going blind, that basically means that um, for those listening, like you have a coach or a friend or a handler choosing your weights, and you have no idea what's going to be loaded on the bar. You're just going to go lifting and give it hell, which yeah, psychologically works for a lot of people too. Yeah, I mean they announce the weight before you yeah, approach you the bar, it. and you're not necessarily sticking your fingers and you're yeah. just going la 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 la. But la, there's la, a lot but, of music. Some people have headphones. Yeah. yeah, you just you're not paying attention to. You're not listening yeah. for it. I try not to actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, don't listen to them. Don't excite yourself out. My handler was just like, don't stop pulling or yeah. don't stop pushing. And then I would just like walk up to the podium and I keep repeating that, like, don't stop pulling. Yeah, don't stop pulling. None, none of your lifts looked hard at all. Yeah, yeah. I watched him back and I was like, damn. Like, if I maybe if I had the like if I was comfortable with knowing the weight and choosing it myself. And I can get to a point where I don't psych myself out with yeah. the numbers. You could tell coach, hey, I think I got, you know, this. Yeah. Or I could say like, hey, give me like a 10 kilo jump. You could or- probably still do that even going in blind, right? Mm-hmm. You, it doesn't matter what's on there if you know you have an extra 10, you know, you say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, or you build a system. And a lot of this, this going in blind only really works when you have like a history with a coach or handler. Yeah. You know, like I only did it for like Dan and Pig, two of our lifters that, uh, uh, I, I literally trained with them every single day. I was spotting and loading and training with them every day. So mm. it was easy for me to do that on game day. Or even like some online clients of mine, um, I'll give them like ranges. Like, hey, I think your first attempt should be this. And then second should be 300, about 340. You know, if it's a bad day, go 300. If it's your smashing weights, go 340, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, because if, if you're not seeing every set, every rep, it's kind of hard sometimes. Yeah, my handler gave me, I mean, my coach gave me a range for my uh, first attempt, my openers, and I went with all the lower numbers. And then during warm-ups, I was like asking my handler, because my coach unfortunately couldn't make it. Um, so I told my handler, like, are they too low? Are my Because I was like, this is my last warm-up before my opener? Like, okay, are my openers too low? Yeah. So we actually ended up um, increasing all of my openers um, and staying within the pocket for the most part. Uh, my handler didn't, like coach me throughout prep but he still did a really good job he probably talked to your coach at some point yeah or got some info from him yeah my coach gave him some tips um here and there but definitely like when it comes to competing at a high level i now understand and i'm trying to work on you know the bigger jumps and like understanding more of like how many more kilos can i take for the next attempt it's hard yeah it's hard to feel that I've made baby jumps. Yeah. When I was, I've made a lot of progress. So when I'm going into like the low 300, um, like ranges for my squats, I did 306, 308, 312. Yeah. When I PR'd, I'm like, what is yeah. that? And you, you, you could mm. probably squat 340, 350. 
I was just so nervous in that new territory with those numbers. I'm like, I probably can't do much more than this, you know. That's where like, uh, you know, like failing lifts, like probably isn't a regular thing you want to do, but like pushing your limits sometimes to really feel that and then knowing what a grinder feels like. And then, and then honestly, you know, not to plug away or harp on it, but like, that's the idea of good company and like having a team in powerlifting, even though it's so individual, if you have spotters that you trust, if you're training around the same people every day, they, they know that same vibe too. Like if you didn't know me from Adam and I saw your deadlift and you pull whatever, I'd be like, Oh, good lift. But since I see you deadlift every day, you could probably come say, Hey man, I don't feel that great, but how did that move? And I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, that moved really good. Like you're moving just fine or whatever. Right. You can get yeah. some feedback because day in and day out, like you can get so much in your head in training, mm-hmm. let alone your meat. And in one training session, it's not a big deal if you're in your head. But if every single training session you're undershooting by 10, 20 kilos, you're probably slowing down your progress, right? If right. you're supposed to hit RPE eights or nines on the top single and you're 20, 30 kilos under what you could crush, your progress may be a little slower. Definitely. So that's why like, I you would see me come up to you on during meat prep i would have rough days like i told you i was there for like six hours i know your coach killing you with volume that's why you're jacked though too oh god it was just like mentally draining i didn't know how tough it would be but like i think it was also because the progress came very quickly too like i don't know where that strength came from i do i have no idea we talked about training environment you know Oh, yeah, because I started training here. <laughs> we were just looking at variables that happened. That was the biggest change. I went from commercial gym to powerlifting gym. And, so, like, the equipment and shit's great, but it, it is just different. And people, like, wonder, like, oh, no AC and this and that. I'm like, dude, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, Ronnie fucking Coleman trained in that shit. And I'm not saying you train in heat and you're going to look like Ronnie Coleman, but there's something about getting after it, you know? Yeah. There's a reason football's not played in AC, you know, yeah, plush, yeah. plush astroturf you know yeah. like a, they, they're not playing on a mattress makes you mentally tough there's something going on that makes you like all right i'm here to work like i'm here to get shit done you know and like a lot of commercial gyms i've ne- i can't think of one real commercial gym or even a gym with air conditioning that i've ever stepped in and been like i'm here to do business you know i've always been like eh. well, you can only do a commercial gym with air conditioning is like going to a store yeah 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 like whoever maxes out at the store I'm here to buy protein powder and leave. Maybe do cardio. Cardio, I could understand. Yeah. Being comfortable while you're on an elliptical. Sure, that's nice. And if people do, it's just their minds work different. Yeah, I think. I don't you know. know. I don't know many people that go to that style gym and absolutely crush their fitness goals. Well, every guy, every quote bodybuilder on a... Um, uh, TikTok? Yeah. Maybe uh, TikTok. Yeah. Even those kids, you know, they're, they're trying to find themselves like an alpha elite. They're trying to find themselves gold to Venice. Probably, Gold's yeah. Venice, like, I think they have AC, but they roll up doors and do AC. You yeah. know, there's still an environment there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't think. And I'm, I'm sure someone's going to, you know, get mad and say, well, my favorite power lifter, Dallas 800, and he trains in his AC garage. All right, dude, there's one in a billion, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, the masses, there's just no way you feel like it's the same thing, like, setting up your workflow when you work for yourself, you know? Like, yeah, everyone's different, but, you know, if if I don't have, like, my desk at home that I'm set up to work... I grab my coffee, I sit at that desk, and now I'm plowing through emails, I'm plowing through clothing design, I'm getting on the phone, I'm doing my meetings, I'm typing articles. It's just not the same. You, you need it. You need to set yourself up for, for success, you know? I think, too, if people can succeed in those environments, they're doing it in spite of. For sure. And not because of. Yeah, it could probably be improved on. Or that person's, yeah, just a go-getter. I'm going to get shit done regardless. Yeah, yeah. If, they just, if their intent is to go in there and basically like press a Harley, then they're right. going to do that and... Yeah, because everyone's thinking like, oh, I go to commercial gyms and there's jacked guys. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying you can't build muscle there. But like if you're going to be Mr. fucking Olympia or even pro or even compete, like be good. I've been to every commercial gym in the area for years, you know, because Third Street's only a year and a half old. I trained it. I had to train at regular gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no one there getting after it. Yeah, there'll be a random group that, all right, that dude benches 400 and he's got some big packs. But like he's not progressing he's benched 400 for five years he's a freak yeah that's uh, that's another thing too is you see a lot of plateauing yeah. in mm-hmm. commercial gyms yeah. people just hit and they know they can do this number so they go back and do this number they get hurt for a while they come work back up to that number and never get past it again yeah. it's just you know that's you what know. i was thinking like at the commercial gym i've been working at but also the other ones i've had to train out before third street um 
you see like people make progress for sure but the environment and the energy and the vibe and the mentality they kind of all like it's almost they they make they slow each other down for sure almost and when i'm in there i'm i'm training hard and i'm focusing i have a program i'm following like i had to do that um it was like after covid things were picking back up again but i didn't have uh there's i didn't train at third street at that point so i was at um the commercial gym and i had to like unfriend people that i became friends with because all they would want to do is talk yeah Mm. i'm like i'm like we would chat about you know uh, about lifting and I'm like oh this person's cool but then I realized all oh, that's all they want to do and they're h- here for four hours not because they're working out for four hours they did one compound lift and they're talking for the three hours yeah. mm-hmm. so I'm like I stopped talking to them um, I know that might sound mean but I don't think so because I, I do think I mean that's everything in life like you can take that to business to happy friendships bad friendships like sometimes you just gotta eliminate folks because they're, they're slowing down you're on a different path like yeah our training sessions are already long yeah, yeah. and yeah so and it's all about focus you can't you can't do your set and then before your second set you're like chatting and getting cool and yeah. like you know you're you're not in the you're not focused anymore you lose that you lose that focus that you need yeah when when you get to the point of having to you've been when you've been away from the bar between attempts for so long that you have to find the mindset again you know you've been away for too long yeah, and, and people in commercial gyms don't understand that. No, they don't at all. And, and somebody was in the other day who is a member of another gym in, that I'm not going to name uh, locally said that, you know, it's, I don't have time at this point in my life to, you know, deal with people and wait on equipment to spend three hours working out. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't have it. I want to get in and get my work done and get the hell out. Even if that, if that means that their, that their plan is to go in and work out for two hours or whatever, or, or whatever means that, that, that all that extra time is just kind of lost. And if, unless the gym, like living in the gym is your lifestyle, yeah. it, but even then, and like, most people are not there. Yeah. To me, it's all about culture. And a commercial gym doesn't have culture. It's purely a business, right? They got dollars in, dollars out. You're a number. Um, and then a, a strength style gym. And that's why probably CrossFit works so well. And at least our experience with the past is a lot of the gym owners are like regional or games athletes. They're the top dogs. And so they live and breathe this. And so they set up the culture in their gym because they're the leader of the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, that's obviously what Jim and I are trying to do here. Like we're lifters. And so we set up the gym to lift. And there's a culture about it. And, and people like you and Seabass and, and, and Martin and a lot of our, our core members are power lifters at – um, are younger and learning their way, but they they feed. I I don't want to you know toot our horns, but you like feed the culture. There's a time to joke and talk. It's not like we're all bitches in here and mm-hmm. we're not looking at each other or saying what's up or having fun. Mm-hmm. But it's like I know the time that I can come say what's up or joke or not joke or give you feedback or you know what I mean. I'm not going to chalk your ear off ten minutes mid set. Definitely M- mid set. It's a quick comment, a joke. Maybe it's a feedback. Maybe it's a fist pound. And then it's whatever. The big talks happen after main lifts and accessories, end of workout, beginning workout. Like everyone kind of just knows that. Music goes up a little louder when we're getting after it. Like there's a culture about things. Probably from our earlier powerlifting years, I learned that. But basketball's like that too. Everyone's tying their sneakers, talking shit. You're in your high school, you're fucking throwing starbursts in your mouth. And then like you jog around, you're still fucking around, shooting around. And then coach blows the whistle. And now it's team warm up. And now you shut up. Now we're getting to work. You know, and then maybe there's a water break. You fuck around for 30 seconds before coach yells at you again. Then you're back on the line and you're, you're in practice. And so I think a lot of issues with even strength gyms, because now lifting's cool all of a sudden, is that like a lot of the owners uh, either aren't there. You know, they're not in the gym often. And, and, and we're always here, obviously. And then two, that they're not lifters. And if you don't, if you're not a lifter yourself, like you can't, you can't, you can't build and lead that culture. It's yeah. really difficult. Yeah, there's that mutual understanding. Like everyone knows it's not like if someone's focused, they're focused doing their own thing. Like yeah. like Seabass is a few weeks out from his meet. Yeah. So it's like if he's in the zone, he's in the zone, giving him thumbs up after his set. Right. Like that's he needs that. You know, like, oh, that looked like this type of RPE. So they're giving that feedback. We do that a lot yeah. here. So I'm not rapping on like no talking. No, no, training. no, no, no. I know I you're not. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make it clear. Yeah, don't talk to me. Or same thing with like the headphone stuff. Like I'm not going to tell someone to pull out their headphones. Like people have done that to me at commercial gyms so many times. Like they give you one of these, you know. I'm never going to do that here unless it's an emergency. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if the shit's on fire and I'm going to tell you get your fucking headphones out because we got to run. But otherwise, I'm like, there's some members that I don't talk to because I can tell they're headphoned in and they're kind of in a corner. I'm like, all right, that yeah, dude, that dude probably don't want to talk to me. I'll maybe throw him a peace sign. But, but everybody else, I'm saying what's up. I'm throwing peace signs. I'm high fiving. You know. But like, yeah, you just got to read the room. I mean, it, I know that's easier said than done because not everyone has social skills or was raised that way or been around sports or big groups or whatever. I get it. Um, but I think that plays a huge role in people's success. I agree. You know. Yeah. There's, there are people at my gym that I literally see will stop someone in the middle of the workout and talk to them for like 15 minutes. Dude, it used to happen all the time at commercial gym when I was at the commercial gym. And I purposely like would go with big ass Dr. Dre fucking headphones, you know? So there's no, there's no way you don't know I got headphones on. Mm-hmm. I got a hat on. I probably got my hoodie on. And like, I'm not a dick though, you know? So one time one guy would stop me and I'd talk to him and whether he watched the YouTube or whatever. And then every time he sees me, he's got to talk to me. I'm like, fuck, bro. I'm really trying to get after it right now. And I hate this place. Like, I don't feel good in this building. That's why I try not to make friends sometimes. Sometimes. That's why you're you're a jerk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sucks to say, but I just, yeah, you just, you, you have a limited time. Yeah. You have work, you have plans. You cannot make time for other people's bullshit. And like you said, powerlifting is like a long, hard sport. The stronger you get and the, the more you get into it, the longer it takes. Yeah, when you interrupt that mindset, you it's hard to find it again. Yeah. So we, uh, to your point, we have folks who are in here who have are very focused, and they may not may or may not be powerlifting, and maybe just oh, yeah. a general fitness person, 100%. but they got their headphones on or whatever. You give them a high sign, or whatever, and then when they're on their way out, if they say you know goodbye or whatever, yeah. they're always like super warm. Right. And it's like, like you would anticipate them being just. Dis- distant and disconnected or whatever it's like no no, no. this is just their time yeah people like got families you, and shit you, it, it, you also think about it in terms of like we talk about mindfulness and meditation and all that kind of crap for some people that's how they get it yeah that's where their mind is quiet yeah that's the only time they're alone right I'm, I'm a little spoiled right like i just hang out and live by myself basically like yeah we have roommates but like i'm literally by myself all the time so it's easy. But like, yeah, if you have real roommates that are always in the common areas bugging you, if you have families, if you have whatever, you can love them. I'm not saying you have to hate the people you're around, but you literally don't have time to hear your own thoughts. Right. You don't have time to be by yourself. And the gym is that for some folks. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I did look it up and it is top five open raw lifters at nationals. Get pro? Yeah, pro cards. Yeah. So And then I think there's a pro series, right? Is that kind of where the there gig is starts a, to go? Indeed a pro series. And so you'll be able to qualify or get into those, maybe mm-hmm. win cash, if not just start building up points for whatever. Because all this is new. Um and that's why all of us jokingly don't know every detail and maybe we'll have some we have some friends coming in August and we'll probably have them on the podcast. Uh maybe we can announce it now. All of it. You can definitely announce some of it. So I think um, uh, there's a powerlifting expo that's rocking on in Santa Clara. Our boy Seabass is competing that weekend, and uh, we will be there. So we'll be there kicking it. The homies from Game Day Barbell are heading out this way. We got some collaborations and things in the works with them. Shout out to those guys. Um, although they're young, they're OG in the in the powerlifting game. Um, so we got some collaboration happening there. We're probably going to have a booth with some merch available at this powerlifting expo. Uh, I don't know the exact name. I know it's like the USAPL California State Championship. And it's put on by the like Warcat guys. Power something, something. Yeah, but it's like a you know. So if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in Northern California, even Southern California, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit up all the homies see if bart wants to roll out but basically it's, a, it's an expo it's a quick expo weekend there's a power lift based around a powerlifting meet there's booths there's gonna be vendors um it's gonna be a good time so we're gonna be there slanging some clothes uh, we were just talking before avi's got some people to coach maybe even helping little sea bass out smash some weights uh, his progress has been crazy too I, th- I think he came in here benching 225 uh mm-hmm. squatting less than four he's probably gonna probably gonna squat 500 probably bench 315 and he's just getting started he's a little kiddo i'm yeah, excited for him know. He yeah no yeah, he's smashing we were watching you lift and i turned to mike and said she doesn't know she's yeah. just no yeah. She know. yeah power fest is what this thing is all called. right so we got the power fest i believe it's august 14th and 15th 13th 14th 13th and 14th that was pretty close that's pretty good for my bad <laughs> memory Thirteenth and 14th 14th i think santa it's santa clara convention center yeah santa clara convention center Sac- or, or california um we'll be there jamming uh, but what's next for you? You got you got some little bit of coaching. You're smashing weights again. You got meets planned. What's that pro series? Are, do you already look and try to sign up for one of them? I'm a noob at this. I have no idea what to do with this pro card. Pro I think everyone thing. is though. I think it was literally yeah, I just, just. I think it literally became a thing this year. December twenty. December twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was, it was the, the first time a pro one, thing. Yeah. You're okay. one of the first powerlifting pros ever. That's kind of dope. 
I just don't under, I just, it's hard to wrap my mind around because when it first became a thing, I was like, that's really cool to look like, to look forward to uh, like achieving, yeah. like getting a pro card. And then I didn't think I got it at first. It wasn't like, I didn't get the pro card until I think a few days after nationals. It wasn't announced. Until, oh yeah. 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 Cause it was just like the top three. Right. And then um, I was like, well, you know, I didn't get it this time, but now I have something to work towards. And it's like, oh, no, you got it. I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with it now. I don't know like, if <laughs> a lot of people do. But yeah, I think there's meets. We'll do research with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I can show you what's oh. on this site. What do we got? Pro meets. Okay. So there's one in June. Uh, this that's this month, actually. And this you got to be a pro. Oh, to go. over. Yeah. Uh, apparently in Dallas. I don't know anything about it. Um, July, uh, there's uh, UB, UBU Expo in Orlando. There is a UBU Expo. Oh, these used to be the Europa. Oh. Um, uh, Phoenix, and then December, tentatively in Virginia. And then the the Pro Series Finals is at the Arnold. And Next year? Uh, yep. March of 2023. You ever and been to the Arnold? Nope. We headed to Columbus. Su- supposedly $65,000 in cash prizes. I believe it. I mean, that sounds like cool not to rag on the USAPO, which I've already done plenty. Yeah, you got, no, you got bench it. only, you got masters, you got yeah. this and that. And that's part of, of what we're brain brain uh, storming over here is how we can kind of give back to the sport now that we've got like an established spot. You know, we've always tried to give back with education and, and promoting lifters and stuff, but how can we how can we finagle this thing? And so we got some meetings to happen, but... Um, there, look for some on the calendar too. Maybe in twenty twenty three, we got our our meet happening uh, September eleventh here uh, at the gym USPA. It's sold out. Sorry if you're late. Um, Come watch though. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of a lot of food, and some um, some clothes, some new drops, and some, some stuff for you guys to come hang out with that. Maybe some some special guests kicking it, a couple booths. Uh, but twenty twenty three is when we're gonna try to throw some events too, and try to throw down some shit. See what happens. I was going to tell uh, Avi that I said this at the at the meet, and this is going to sound somewhat inappropriate, but I'm going to say it anyway. That this is the first time that I've been involved in in powerlifting, where someone I knew that, or was affiliated with through a gym or a team or whatever has actually performed very very well at a national meet, who wasn't on a ton of shit. <laughs> I mean, even that, like uh, like Thank gear you. lifting. <laughs> Gear lifting, gear lifting, like like we talked about all the mind games that can come in in training, the yeah. same mind games happening on days. And then you have more external factors in, in gear lifting. Yes. So all these people are like, oh, I'm set to pull a thousand and like they fucking just bomb out. Yeah. Like that's what kind of ruined the sport to begin with, let alone the judging and high squats and all yeah, that shit. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, weight cuts, steroids, yeah. and way too much equipment. Like and, pushing and, the, the far edge of equipment. Yeah, and not like good goals. You know, right? Because you're like, well, I squatted nine, and this is just old school thought. Raw guys did it too. Like, well, I squatted nine for two in the gym, probably good for a thousand fifty. Like, well, it doesn't really, you know, fucking work that way. And that's where like coaching has come a long way, right. and, and long, people are kind of t- yeah tied in, and, and you have a little bit more idea what you're actually capable of. Someone asked a question a while ago too. Maybe Avi can jump in on this. I think it was just on my Instagram. Um, because I think I said someone asked me my PRs, and I said like which one was which. So like my squat. All-time squat, heaviest squat is in a meet. And then my all-time bench is in the gym. Mm-hmm. And then my all-time deadlift is like not real, but in a competition, but not in a competition. Um, they basically like gave me a fourth attempt, at it, but it was an exhibition meet. But it was mm-hmm. but it was the real judges, real plates and all that. Was it the deadlift competition? Yeah, it was the Captain Kilos mm-hmm. one. And so just because I was fucking smoking weights that day, I had them load up the bar basically. So like competition rules and setting, but it didn't count. Um, for a competition, oh. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but someone asked, "Why are why are some of your PRs in the gym?" I've always PR'd at a meet. That was the kid's question. You got thoughts? Hmm. Well, same same thing. Like with you, my squat and deadlift. Well, I actually hit them both in training and at meets. My current maxes, but for bench, I always fall short on bench at meets. I don't know why, but it is more touchy. And yeah, more hit or miss for you. Your bench is pretty. I mean, you're obviously very strong, and you have a good amount of muscle on you for your frame. But you're also a very technical lifter, and the more technical you get, the more things hit hit or miss in general. Yeah, and then with like you never know with the pauses sometimes. Um, you're blaming judging already, huh? No, you're no, no, just no. turned pro, and you're already talking shit on all the judges. I, I swear to God, I've seen judges pretty much fall asleep waiting to give a press command. Yeah, it's just a lot of variables, but yeah. it's it's with bench, it's just more touchy and. 
I mean, even a five, like a or two point five kilo jump, um, for from second to third attempt could be like make or break. It yep. could look for like RP six to RP like ten. You know, for me because I'm like I don't know maybe because I'm smaller. It's because you're small. Yeah, so that's usually why like I don't PR at meets for bench specifically, and then I've matched my training PRs in the meet for um, squat and deadlift. So I'm not sure. For me. Uh my experience tells me that um, some of it's coaching style. So if you're not handling a lot of singles in training or in meets or sorry, if you're not handling a lot of singles in training, um, which isn't uncommon, like it, it's a little more common now for people to handle more specific heavier loads year round, um, like a Bulgarian style. Um, but not every coach does that. So if your coach doesn't do that, it's very common to only PR at meets. Right, like a very old school in your periodization style training, you're hitting week of tens or week week of fives or week of threes, and mm-hmm. then you're saving the singles for meat. Clearly, you're going to PR to meat mm-hmm. only. Um, the other thing is that powerlifting, despite RPE and what we know about stress and regulating fatigue and sleep and nutrition, all these things that we have a really good scope on as athletes and coaches, and despite on how hard and serious you take it yourself there's still so many variables that you can have random good and bad days and the average lifter let's say competes three times a year which is a lot that's probably not even the average let's say the average lifter competes twice a year even the competitive one how many times do you train you train six days a week five days a week four days a week so the chances are that you have a good day when it's feeling right go through the roof with training So if you're handling singles, even doubles, heavier loads in training, you have 250 opportunities a year to hit a PR versus three opportunities or six opportunities in meets to hit a PR. So the more experienced you are as a lifter and a competitor, chances are you're going to have PRs that are gym PRs heavier than your meet PRs. That's Mm -hmm. pretty good, huh? Yeah. You know something. Fuck, bruh. (laughs) Fuck, bruh. Totally not reflective of my personal competitive pro. powerlifting career, and, and yeah. a, a gear stuff adds a billion wrinkles to fucking right, everything right, and, right. and you trained but it does it, exactly what i said makes sense because you trained west side so you're yeah. fucking box squatting with bands yeah you're not not actually performing the competition lift if you, in the yeah. gym that often so if you do west side or ever if you do you know west side by the book if you right. do a louis simmons west side by the book every meet's going to be a pr your opener's going to be a pr yeah you know, so it's just way different than raw lifting and, and the majority of coaches. Yeah. So maybe a pro meet, is that maybe the next goal? Yeah, I mean, I would like to try. Yeah. But I have no, I, I just, I don't know. The next thing I have is just like nationals next year, which is For in sure. like September, August. Yeah, but they, they, they did announce that, which is cool. Because mm-hmm. that was like an issue. Like IPF was the same weekend, although they're not related. But like everything was the same fucking weekend. Now they spread stuff out. Good. Because the USAPL is taking their own route with a little bit of pro meets or trying to go international, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. So nationals is, uh, what Florida where they announced it, right? Oh, South Carolina. Did they? Yeah. I, know. I think it was South Carolina. I think it's Charleston, North Carolina, one of the fucking Carolinas. And I well, think it's I, September. I, I, World's strongest, strongest man is in Car- uh, oh, one of the Carolinas. I last think year. USAPL is too. Yeah. You might be able to find uh, it. I might be wrong, but I thought they announced it. It's one of the Carolinas. Maybe it's not Charleston, but I thought it was hmm, one of the Carolinas. I don't know. I might be wrong. Well, I, I want to know because the only time I ever get to travel is for a meet. Yeah, so. that's very common for powerlifting. But that's kind of the cool part too. And that's what I thought the cool part of Vegas was. Oh, yeah. You know, like Vegas, there's shit to do, whether you want to drink, whether you want to eat, whether you want to go to a show. At least there's an excuse to go there. Um, so it made sense. So we got September for sure, maybe the Arnold. I think it's pro shit. Arnold's fun. It is, yeah. I haven't, yeah, I need to plan it out. We'll dig in. I need to talk to my coach about it. Yeah, we'll dig in. Yeah, um, it's it's very high stress yeah. <laughs> I was preparing for meets yeah so and it is hard like like time just flies you know we're already in July mm-hmm. like Arnold's gonna be here in a blink of an eye yeah I just started my off season yeah I just like this is week one day two yeah yeah you got a little sick had to take yeah. some time off my shoulder something's wrong with my shoulder I haven't been benching past two days so like achy you're getting thinking, old yeah thinking about the next like what pro meet I'm gonna do is I have no idea yeah <laughs> I mean that's the real goal of an off season is that you can take care of some of those things like yeah you can build more muscle handle more volume experiment with some programming and stuff but like the big thing is you can get healthy you can figure out what's missing why it's missing you know what i mean mm-hmm. people that prep after prep after prep you don't have time to breathe mentally or physically yeah. to figure out what the fuck's going on yeah i'm ready to build like a strong foundation so i have like literally sets of nines and seven yeah. but i'm not crying about it i'm like if i could get if i could get strong 
and do this weight for seven to nine reps. Yeah. Like imagine what I could do for one 100%. by the time it's like, you know, six to eight months yeah. later. So. I mean, that's the whole idea of like really planning. And I don't get like too dorky with my programming, although I understand and I've listened and read it all. But you start to really plan out a year when you start to take it more serious and you can make a lot of progress. You know, you're, you're taking it week by week, month by month. You can definitely make progress. But you start to really plan shit out like for September. I mean, you could obviously compete before there too, but you block things off. Um and you really periodize the fuck out of shit, yeah, you can take advantage of a lot of gains. You got to think about it in, like, long term because if you're, like, if, you, if you're, like, oh, well, I don't have a meet until maybe the middle of next year, then what, like, are you not going to take the training now as seriously? Yeah. If you think about it as the training now, even though it's the first block of my off season, as um, the, building the foundation, the base for what I'm going to be doing, like, month to month. Yeah. Like, as it, we're going to be, training you know year round so you might as well take it like seriously yeah yeah like tr- treat those sets of seven eights nines as like triples doubles yeah. singles you know yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah if you yeah like you said if you progress there eventually you taper her down and you're progressing in no nationals news um it does actually haven't um maybe i was wrong announced that yet however they're doing actual regionals next year 2023 oh, sick so uh i was just talking to shit at to that because there's always been a state championship, and it's always been meaningless mm-hmm. because because it was almost no meet. So right, and and because like there's still just a qualifying total to go to Nats. Right, but what if it's actually we make it more competitive where you have to go head to head with folks? Your qualifying total doesn't matter. You have to do a local meet to qualify you for states. Then you get to the state championship, and you have to come in top ten, and then top ten get to go to Nats or whatever the fuck. If, if people are interested in the details on this, I'll just link the this this release from USAPL. But there are here are the regions: northwest, southwest, which we are in, which includes We're southwest. Yeah, the Cal- hell is that? California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and the south is uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi. Southeast is Tennessee, North Carolina. Um, Alabama, Georgia, whatever the hell that one is, and Florida, oh, South Carolina. Uh, mid I can't do this. You can look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can look it up. Well, I mean, uh, that's smart. Yeah, that'd be fine, too. Yeah, it's interesting. That. You do a local would... meet, you, you qualify for that, then you kind of come in, you know, top 25 there or something, and those cats go in. Like, like regionals? What is? I regional? just made that up, but that's what we should do. But yeah. My question is, um, like, I, I don't know. It's weird that we're not with the Northwest because there's, I, there's no, I don't know. There think there are that many lifters up there. There's Washington, met, Oregon, yeah. Idaho, Montana, Wyoming. It doesn't seem like there would be enough lifters. So what they should do is they would take the one. They sh- could have made the regions by populace of memberships. But what they can do still, if they are going the route I'm talking about, is say there's more lifters in the Southwest than there is the Northwest. What you would do is the top 25 from the Southwest would go to regionals, and only the top 10 from the North. West would go to regionals. So September first. I don't know if that's happening, but September first, they're releasing the the 2023 Pro Series. Oh, cool! There you go. Um, Mark your calendar. Oh, okay. That's when you know. Yeah. Like when the meets are going to be. Yeah. For oh. next year. Yeah. I don't, and then, but I think that's the first. Yeah, like full full year. Full of, year. Yeah. Of like series so. into a finals, and right, I'm right, hopefully right. making some money. Right. I need to bring in some money. My mom is waiting. She's like, yeah. you're doing all this and you yeah. keep telling me. She's seeing LeBron James I'm contract like, and wondering what the <laughs> fuck's going on with her daughter. Yeah, I'm like, I want you to be proud of me. This is what I did. Yeah. Showing her my medal and she's like, okay, well, so who's sponsoring you? Yeah. Can we sell like, this medal on you, eBay? Still you, mom. Still you. You're my sponsor. Yeah, some of that will just never change. Like yeah. e- even the first podcast we've ever done together 10 years ago, Jim and I talked about sponsorship and not that it's overrated it's really cool to be able to support athletes in a way but it's never going to be uh that of professional sports oh yeah i, I don't really actually i know care. you don't but yeah uh, I you don't know what i mean care. but people think that sometimes and yeah. like you, you see so and so you know with a corvette on fucking instagram but that, that's literally top beyond one percent that are actually getting paid that kind of money um and that's by viewership and influence it's sadly not by how much you can lift mm-hmm. and even if you can like the viewerships of these sports they're just not what we think you know yeah like yeah. to people like my mom she does she doesn't really know the sport too well has she ever gone to a live meet for you no she too no. nervous or no no she she's go? just really busy yeah but she did watch my um 
my meet live, like nationals live oh, cool. at work. And she was like, I was screaming at the phone and your aunt was like, you think she can hear you? <laughs> so that was cool. That is cool. Yeah. She, she's always been really busy. So like family at like any sports events or like even any meets doesn't really happen for me. So for her to even watch it live was cool. But um, to her, it's kind of like, you've made it or you're more accomplished if people are paying you for it. You right. Know? Which but, is true. But mm-hmm. like this sport's just so small, you yeah. know, and it's hard to get. Yeah. I don't do it for that though. You yeah. Know? So yeah. it's all good. Me um, neither. <laughs> Nothing says thank you like money though. That is true. Mm-hmm. So if you can find ways to float around, you know, people out there. Yeah. I'll take it. It's hard. I'll be, I'll look, I'll look out for it. You're in the pro open, series. open for sponsorships. Yes, definitely. Yeah, let them know. Well, I don't have that, though. Like you said, the people who do make money off of it, like that 1%, they have more than just, they're not the strongest. And even in powerlifting, it's not even 1%, you know, it's 0.001%. I was just even talking fitness. Mm -hmm. You know, fitness is a $500 billion fucking worldwide industry and still people aren't getting sponsored like you think because it's just difficult. You know, you're not LeBron James. You're not the guy. There's no the guy. If you think about professional sports salaries, it's mind-boggling. You, you yeah. can't wrap your mind around where all this money is coming from. Yeah, the NBA, the latest contract, uh, a couple guys got uh, like five-year whatever, but their very last year, I think they're going to make $62 million. Good God. Yeah, and NBA is not even the biggest, right? Like, no. Soccer is the biggest, and then probably baseball. Yeah. And then probably basketball, NFL. It's, yeah, it's obscene amounts of money. Like, But the amount of eyes that are watching LeBron James play every week, you know, twice a week is... A billion times more than powerlifting. Yeah. So it, until that flip flops, which I, I never foresee happening, that's just that's just the business we live in. Do yeah. you think it is growing though? Like I don't know. We've talked about that too. I think uh, I think powerlifting's growing, but I don't think um, you know on the little chart here that it's accelerating as fast as it did. You know, twenty twelve to twenty sixteen. There was explosive yeah. growth in the barbell space, both weightlifting, CrossFit, and powerlifting. I think it's probably growing, and I'm sure we can um, get some numbers to see what the memberships look like year to year. COVID probably slapped it in the face a little bit, right? Um, and and fucked up the stats because you probably couldn't you couldn't compete, so less people have memberships, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it'll stabilize. You know, that's that's a little bit of pure business mike speaking it's just it's a difficult sport it's boring you know that the simplicities you know that that's what's challenging and like we talked about there's a certain mentality and a certain person that enjoys that monotonous work um and some people just don't and so for it to be you know a household sport it's gonna be very difficult but it is way more common you go on tiktok and all the all the kids are just shreds life aesthetic bros they know what powerlifting is you know, and they talk about it and power building and stuff. So the popularity of it in general, I would say, and the awareness of it is way up. And that might be growing faster than I'm talking about. But the actual participation, I think it's going to take a lot of work. And and again, those are some of the meetings. We have a meeting with Avi after this podcast, too. Some of the meetings that we're going to try to help that. Um, just because I think there is some beauty in it. I, whether you compete or not, I think there's some beauty in powerlifting that can really help people's mentals and, and, and kind of how they view life. I think if you understand even the basics of programming and you understand the simplicity um, of the task, but the, the, the complexity of the execution that is powerlifting and the kind of delayed onset, you know, gratification kind of deal that powerlifting is, you, you may be touching 300 pounds for three months straight before you get to touch 315 and get excited for a PR. I think a lot of that translates to, to friendships, work um to to relationship work to business work and i think it can help a lot of people so that's the goal here over a good company hopefully avi's um gonna be here a long time and be a part of it plug away dude hit your hit your instagram hit your myspace let's get you a fucking at least one sponsorship offer off this thing oh um my instagram is avi dot uh, Lou, so A V I dot L I E U. Mostly lifting. You journal all your stuff there. Yeah, I'm mostly just lifting on there. There's that's not good. much to see. No, that's a lot of <gasps> just smash. my lifts. No, a lot of strong lifting, some educational stuff. Uh, it'll be good for people to follow you because a lot of people go into lifting and then and then they start doing backflips and doing weird shit on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Some people just no, need to learn. I have no extra flair. It's just lifting. Honest, honesty. Like I try to be transparent with um, when things aren't going smoothly as well because. Yes, it's past like, I guess, all of 20, what are we, 2022 right now? Yeah. Uh, all of this year, I've been making a lot of progress. So it's like, 
people keep saying like, oh, it's a PR every week. And like, yes, it is. And it almost got annoying Yeah. because I'm like, I don't want to keep like posting as if I'm bragging. Right. But I want. But you were smashing. Yeah. But I want it to be like clear that I'm. I have days where I'm struggling sure. too. And, like, and your 2021 probably look differently. Yeah, That's definitely. kind of the beauty of powerlifting too is when the wave's hot, you got to ride it. Yeah, but then so sometimes it's going to slam your ass in the sand. I just strive to be like honest and genuine on there. I'm not like putting up a facade or like adding flair or do, like, going out of my way to post the most like crazy photos or anything. Yeah. So. No, I think you do a great job. I think you do a great job. And I think a Thank lot of people you. can learn um, from your lifting style, your technique and the stuff you put out. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Clothing available at 3sb.co if you want to support the show, if you want to grab some of your favorite, and I guarantee the best, most comfy shorts you'll ever rock with, 3sb.co. Brand new shows every Wednesday and Friday. I'm Silent Mike, thirdstreetbarbell.com. This comes out Wednesday, so July 9th. We've got an open gym, open house. Um, If you're in town on Saturday, 8 a.m. to noon, free open gym. Come smash some weights. Um, Absolutely free. Bring your friends. We're going to have a good time, and uh, I'll catch you Friday. I am at the Jim McD on all the social media. This show is 50% facts, where percent is a word and 50 is just numbers. 50% facts is a Spreaker Prime podcast in association with iHeartMedia on the Obscure Celebrity Network. And we'll talk to you Friday. <laughs>